Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to OK F Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. You know, as we continue to make this countdown to the end of the year and look back on 2022, the year of politics, the year that our democracy was hanging on by a thread, but thankfully, Millions of Americans woke up to that fact and also woke up to their power, right? There were so many things, my God, that happened in the course of this year that were not on my 2022 bingo card. And I can think of no person that is better to bring in to kind of run down the highs and the lows of 2022 than Kurt Bardella. Kurt has been, you know, in his previous lives, a advisor to the DCCC, and you see him often on MSNBC talking about Republicans, because up until the early aughts, that was the party that Kurt was affiliated with. And when I look at, you know, how Democrats were able to hang on to the Senate, how we gained governorships, in the midterm elections, how Biden, frankly, against everyone's judgment, including my own, who said that, you know, I voted for Joe Biden and he's not delivering for the American people. Well, you know, lo and behold, he actually has. And he's delivered over and over and over again. This man came into office, basically inherited, you know, a cesspool from the prior administration. And, you know, we have to remember exactly all of the things that Joe Biden said that he was going to offer the American people if we chose him in 2020, that he was going to get us vaccines, get us shots in arms, that he was going to help the American people that had become unemployed during COVID, that he was going to cancel student loan debt that he was going to do something about gun reform and do something about climate change. And he was going to stand up for LGBTQ people who the far right has made their friggin', you know, targets. He's done all of these things and more. 
And our friend Kurt will be giving us a rundown, you know, so that we remember, because I said to, I say to him, and I say this often on the show, which is Democrats do so much good, but if no one knows the good that you're doing, does it matter? And we know that the war that Republicans are fighting, not the war that they want, which is a new civil war, but the war that Republicans are fighting is a war of words, is a war of misinformation and disinformation. And they're doing it purposefully because they know if they pull out phrases like they're taking your jobs or parental control or CRT or drag queens, that they send their entire rabid base into a tizzy. Doesn't matter that those people have health care. It doesn't matter that they are able to afford prescription drugs. It doesn't matter that workers have gotten some relief. No. What matters is who they can harm. And I have said time and time again that the Republican Party is the party of scarcity. The Democratic Party is the party of abundance. And if we can just message in very clear, concise, and easy ways, then we will win all the time, regardless of the fucking gerrymandering that they do in order to get into power in the first place. I'll ask Kurt some pointed questions about where he thinks that we are going to go in 2023, looking into the crystal ball and saying, what are some of the things that you have on next year's bingo card? And do you think that we're going to be able to stave off stave off all of these continued assaults on our democracy that are coming from our politicians and they're coming from those that we did not vote in, which is the Supreme Court. That conversation and our 2022 political wrap-up coming up next with our friend, Democratic strategist, Kurt Bardella. Folks, you know that whenever I have the opportunity to chat with my good, good friend, fellow nerd adventure, fellow uh, con- conspirator for democracy, uh, <laughs> Democratic strategist Kurt Bardella, I am always greatly appreciated. Um, and Kurt, it's been a hell of a year. My God. Um, I don't know about you, but I didn't have a lot of these things on my bingo card for the year of 2022. And as we get ready to close out this year, I knew the person I needed to talk to to say, what the fuck happened in our politics <laughs> this year? There's no one better than you to give us uh, the biggest overview and wrap up. So give me some of your just off the dome. What are some of the things that caught you off guard uh, in politics in 2022? God, you know, it's it's kind of crazy to look back. Um, and, and think of like all the things that have happened, uh, you know, it, it, it's been, it's been kind of amazing. Um, you know, there have been, you know, first I remember so many times, you know, you and I have, have talked and, uh, and oftentimes you're the pessimist, uh, between the two of yes, us. That's true. <laughs> and, I, and I try to, I try to say, no, it, it, I think it might it's be not okay. that bad, Danielle. <laughs> like, it, it, like we might, we might survive this. Like, you know, don't give up yet. Uh, and I'd like to think that on some, some level, like that, that the best case scenarios really, uh, played out for us. I remember at the beginning of the year, how the narrative was Democrats in disarray. And, you know, this was the game that couldn't shoot straight. And all of a sudden, um, you know, I would say winning begot to winning. You, you just get successes, no matter how big, how small, if you string enough of them together, you get momentum. Uh, and all the while the other side does everything they can to self-sabotage themselves. Uh, which has been kind of the one 
thing over the years now that we have seen for five years. The Republican Party has been the party of self-sabotage more than anything else. Um, but just getting infrastructure done, you know, turning yep. infrastructure week not into a, a punchline, which is what it's been mm -hmm. for so long, but into a working reality. Um, just the sheer legislative success that Nancy Pelosi engineered with a razor thin majority and passing really a trifecta of historic legislative bills from the infrastructure bill to the CHIPS Act uh, to the Inflation Reduction Act, the largest piece of climate change legislation we've ever had, um, not to mention the bipartisan gun reform bill. It's like, this is, you know, I think we don't necessarily give President Biden and Democrats enough credit. This yeah. is one of the most successful legislative records of any presidency we have ever seen. Um, I think that that's right. I don't think I I've been th I've been thinking that as well, but go ahead, li keep listening them out because I honestly I'm, I'm I was thinking to myself I'm like Joe Biden may go down in history if we in fact still have history books um, as one of the most productive presidents yeah. that was given just a absolute heap of shit um, on right. welcoming day into into office. Right. It's like, never mind everything involving COVID and, and trying to overcome that and the vaccine campaign and the, uh, the, the, the COVID bailout bills and COVID relief bills that we had. Like, this is one of the most robust administrations we have ever seen. Um, you know, and I think history will look back and, and recognize that. But in real time, we don't always do that because we're always talking about the things that we didn't get done or things that we wanted to, to, to get done better. But like, hey, with a razor-thin majority in the House, a 50-50 Senate, this guy got more done than Barack Obama did, frankly, yep. you know, in, in yep. his first term. So that like, that should never be discounted because in the best of circumstances, and you know, this is the old Capitol Hill staffer in me, <laughs> it's hard to get stuff done. Yeah, It's hard to pass things through both chambers and even harder now in this polarized environment that we live in. Um, so that to me is like the, the, the honestly, that's the, that's the headline of 2022 to me is the amount of things that got done that over time will actually improve the lives of so many people in this country, not just legislation for the rich, legislation for the corporations, legislation for the billionaires that we've seen from Republicans. Like this is going to have massive influence on so many people's lives that will reverberate over the course of time. Uh, that, that's headline one. Um, mm -hmm, headline mm -hmm. two. Mm -hmm. is, my God, the Republican Party is just a hot mess, Danielle. Oh, God. I mean, the you want to talk about stealing defeat from the jaws of victory? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the Herschel Walkers, the Mehmet Oz's, the Kerry Lakes, uh, you know, these lunatics that hijacked the Republican Party primaries and ended up in a... If you would have said at the beginning of the year, like, hey, listen, at the end of the year, Democrats are actually going to have a, a bigger majority in the Senate, and they're only going to barely, and if it weren't for a idiotic judge in New York, in my opinion, yep. that, that fucked up redistricting, uh, like Democrats could very easily still be in the majority right now. Um, it's Kevin McCarthy's worst nightmare that they aren't, frankly, uh, and that he's going to have to deal with the headache of what 2023 is going to be. But um, you know, the Democratic Party got its mojo uh, and, and was once again propelled to overachieving uh, with a coalition of voters that only this party could put together from Gen Z voters, communities of color, the women vote. Uh, 
um, the us taking the state houses in places like Michigan, uh, taking the governorships in Maryland. Um, you know, it's pretty astounding when you look at the stars of the Democratic Party that have been born from this election, like like Wes Moore, uh, like Gretchen Whitmer, like Mallory McMorrow and in, in, in Michigan. Um, you know, there's a lot to be encouraged about the future of this party as we transition now, even with Leader Pelosi and Hoyer taking a step back and Hakeem Jeffries uh, taking a step forward. Uh, you know, this is the, uh, you know, this will be the, the year that we look back and go, wow, this is when the Democratic Party generationally made a big change. And I think that's an encouraging thing as well. Do you think, you know, because you are one of the, the key spokespeople, right? Uh, during 2022, I, I I don't know if if we should start doing baseball stats in the way of how many shows, how many articles you wrote. But like, if if you were to do your Spotify playlist of current appearances, uh, it, would, it would be pretty deep. But do you think, Kurt, that you know all of those wins, all of the things that you've named from the administration to Nancy Pelosi? Um, to the razor thin margins, do you think that the Democrats have become better at their messaging to the American people what they have been up to and what we have been up against? Or do you think that we had record turnout again for these midterm elections that like folks for themselves just recognize what's on the line, right? Just recognize yeah. what's at stake. I think it's a little bit of both, and, and, and you know, and I'll take a, an example where I think Democrats nailed it messaging-wise, and really hit their stride is the state of Michigan, where Governor Gretchen Whitmer, you know, presided over a, a, a substantial win, flipped the we, we we have control of both the state houses now in Michigan, um, you know, and obviously you know we 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 held held that state and grew in that state. I look at a state like Pennsylvania, where Governor Josh Shapiro, Governor-elect Josh Shapiro, won by a huge margin, and his coattails were long enough to, to, to bring and elevate other Democrats up. Those are states where we did it really, really well. States where democracy rescuers saved us mm -hmm. were in mm -hmm. places like Arizona, in places like Georgia, mm -hmm. uh, where if the stakes aren't as high as they are, we probably don't win there. Nevada, another one too, that democracy was really the driving force when you look at the election deniers that were running that lost, especially for secretary of state. Um, you know, that's where we still have a lot of work to do. Um, so it's kind of like that mixed bag of, I, I do think that because we have better messengers now on the national stage than we used to, uh, we have a better chance at winning these messaging wars because it's not just the old folks home anymore in the Democratic Party that for so mm -hmm. long has been dominating the national conversations. It's like we have incredibly dynamic people out there, um, you know, who I think are the future of our party and do an amazingly effective job at communicating. Um, you know, we've seen in this year, you know, more more women elected, more African Americans, more yep. Asian Americans, yep, uh, more people under the age of forty five, yeah. Like, these are all things that, that that I think give us an advantage in the long run, where the Republican Party continued to just be the white old people party. Um, and, and I think that hurts them. You know, I, I want to take a look um, at Herschel Walker, which will probably be the last look that I will have for Herschel Walker ever. God willing. Um, but Herschel Walker, 
presented such an enormous issue for Republicans, right? But they decide to run this man. I, I'm assuming a, a to try and have a thumb at the nose to black people in Georgia, a thumb at the nose um, to decency, to intellect, to a whole host of things. They hold up Herschel Walker and you saw him literally being propped up, right? By mm-hmm. Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham. <laughs> and, you know, and, 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 and others. And he lost, right? And, and Donald Trump, right? Like he was handpicked. He was one of those handpicked losers from, you know, from Donald Trump. And the people of Georgia, thank God. I mean, the, it should not have been as close as it was, but you know, you're talking about an exhausted electorate that has had to come out way too many fucking times to yeah. vote over the last couple of years because of their Jim Crow antiquated law on the books uh, with regard to runoffs, which was created in order to dilute the black vote. Does the Republican Party, Kurt, in your opinion, uh, learn anything from the running of the likes of Herschel Walker? Do they, they learn? Do they do they have any type of autopsy whatsoever? I, I you know it's funny because I remember in 2013, after Republicans lost very winnable Senate races because they ran lunatics like Todd Akin, Mr. Legitimate Rape for Senate, uh, yep. who got you know crushed by uh, by Claire McCaskill. Uh, they ran you know people who had no business being in public office at all. And they did this autopsy, and the autopsy said that they need to become a bigger tent party, that they need to not cater to their extreme uh, base, that they need to have uh, to be more accepting of communities of color and other demographics. And you could just take that same report from 2013, dust it off, put a new new cover page on it because it applies to exactly the predicament they're in right now. But they're not going to do that. They're, uh, you know, we have seen since the election. Mm-hmm. What has the Republican Party really spent their time talking about? They've been trying to figure out how to talk about the fact and or really avoid talking about the fact that their leader had a dinner with a known white nationalist Nazi wannabe and an anti-Semite. Like mm-hmm. the, that's been the conversation for weeks is is why the hell is it so hard to condemn a Nick Fuentes, to condemn a Kanye West? Uh, how do you talk about the fact that their leader said they want he wants to throw this constitution out the window? Literally, let's suspend and terminate the constitution. Um, they, they clearly learned nothing from the election. The, the only thing that we have heard from Republicans since the election is that they want to conduct investigations into Hunter Biden's laptop. Uh, yeah. Nothing about crime or inflation or law and order, all the bullshit we heard them run on in the midterm elections. No, now they want to be the investigators and to go after Hunter Biden for some reason. Um, They've learned nothing. They won't learn anything. They're going to elect the same RNC chairman, Ronna McDaniel, who has presided over loss after loss after loss since she became chair in 2018. So they're going to keep repeating this cycle of uh, uh, that, that that is clearly a losing strategy, but they will not do what they need to do to snap themselves out of it. And, and, and I think what we have seen, though, too, is it's not just about Donald Trump. No. I, I think it, Donald Trump is just a symptom. Yeah. What is so troubling is they do these, they, you know, they did this autopsy and then they come back and they're like, oh, no, no, we're going to narrow the tent. You know what? As a matter of fact, we're going to make sure that it says whites only on the top of that tent. 
right? Like this is this is what we're doing. This is the direction that we're moving in. And we know that it's a losing strategy, <laughs> but they don't care. And, and you know, so Kurt, like, tell me, why don't they care that it's a losing strategy? Why don't they, is it because they're just going to steal everything? Yeah, you notice how after these elections where they lose or underperform, their response isn't, gee, maybe we should try being more tolerant. Maybe we should try not to alienate communities of color. Maybe we should try not to take rights away from women. No, no, no. Their answer is, well, let's pass a bunch of bills that will make it harder for people to vote that aren't on our side. They're losing all of these runoff elections in Georgia. So what do they want to do? They want to change the election laws now in Georgia because what used to be an advantage, and you alluded to this earlier, what used to be designed as an election scenario that makes it easier for them to win has actually gone upside down on them. So now they want to get rid of it, of course. That seems to be their response to everything. It isn't to recalibrate mm -hmm. the fact that their policies and the rhetoric is so far outside the mainstream that instead they are going to just try to steal, literally steal elections because that's probably the only way that they've surmised that they can win now. Um, you know, it's like that old definition of insanity to repeating the same mistakes, expecting over a different result. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's really what they're doing. I mean, like, it's not a stretch to look at what some of these Republicans say every day and go, wow, you're insane. Like, you're not all there. This isn't normal. And if you look at it through that lens, what their behavior becomes much more, you know, I understand. Like, oh, I understand. You're doing this because you're not all there. You're just crazy. Got it. Yeah, it's just, you know, I, I think that what is wild, right? Like as we as we recap this 20, you know, 2022 is that we all thought that there were so many opportunities for this Republican Party to distance themselves from Trumpism, to distance themselves from Trump, to, you know, to 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 move away from MAGA. And in every instance, at every turn, they doubled down, they tripled down. They said, no, no. We're going to run the Carrie Lake. We're going to run the Dr. Oz. We're going to run this person. And they lost. But they also had gains, right? They also had gains, which is why they're going to have the House. And so, you know, let's let's look in with, with, the, with the minutes that we have left. Let's look into the crystal ball of 2023, which is going to begin, you know, the, the, the presidential debates and is Joe Biden capable of running in 2024? Doesn't matter that the man literally gave us everything, right? You're like right. He, he is a politician that did the unthinkable. He actually delivered on some of his campaign promises. Um, and so we know that that conversation is going to happen. Is he too old? Is he too this? Is he too that? Um, Donald Trump declared his, you know, run for office as well as NFTs recently. Like that's, yes. his, that's his latest scam and grift. all about the grift, all about the grift. Um, I think that that's his campaign slogan. So what do you think is in store for us, for the Republican party as they gavel in, in 2023? Well, I think that Republicans have made it clear that their entire strategy going forward is to try to investigate the Biden administration and the Biden family. Um, I don't think that's going to work. I think that there are a a, just a number of vulnerabilities for, for Republicans there. Uh, I think that they're going to spend a lot of the year fighting with themselves, trying to overthrow their own leadership uh, and the turmoil that will come from that. They're going to kind of be a rudderless ship. 
uh, because their standard bearer right now is is too busy transforming himself into a bag 1-800 infomercial. Uh, there would be standard bearer Ron DeSantis. I don't think people realize this who don't, who haven't worked in Congress before and really saw him when he was a congressman. This guy is a moron. Like he is a weapons grade idiot. He's not impressive up close. He is not someone that if he entered the room, you would walk across the room to shake his hand. He is thoroughly unimpressive. And if that's the guy you think is is the next best thing, your next best hope to be president, you're screwed. Uh, it's just it's just not going to end the way that they think it will. So I think that the, the 2023 is going to be the year that Republicans find themselves just in over their head, over-promising, under-delivering on investigations, and uh, further repelling the American people. Like of all the things that we saw talked about in the midterm elections, there wasn't one single voter, one single poll, one anything that told me that they want a bunch of investigations. Like that 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 that's the cure uh, right. that, that ails the cold, right? So uh, I think that Republicans are going to continue to uh, just melt down in front of us. And I think it's time that everybody kind of realizes that the crazy, it, it's not a glitch, it's a right. feature, and, and that's not going to change. You know, but we have, you know, that's wishful thinking, right? Because we've been here before, Kurt. We've thought that Donald Trump was on his last leg. That motherfucker has nine lives. We have thought that the Republican Party, oh, this is going to be the thing that sends them over the edge. But my fear, and you tell me if I'm wrong, if I'm just being Danielle the Dismal, but my fear (laughs) is that the Republican Party is not going to combust without bringing us all down with them. So I, I, I am wondering- I hear that, Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you, what gives me newfound hope and optimism is seeing how many voters stepped up in the midterm elections, that when democracy itself was actually on the ballot, when you look at the election deniers who wanted to take over the administering of elections in our country, which in my opinion would have spelled the end of democracy had that actually happened, and that every single one of them lost. Like when, when democracy was on the line, America actually stepped up and stood up and, and they did so resoundingly. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump in this election went two and 14 and, and candidates that he endorsed actually winning and governors, Senate and, and secretaries of state. So they're, they're, when the stakes are high and at their highest, America and democracy has prevailed and that gives me a little bit more comfort than than I would have would have had a year ago. Yeah. And so then last question for you, where do you see Democrats in 2023? What's on your bingo card for 2023? I, I think that the ultimate test is going to be for this new leadership led by Hakeem Jeffries is how they navigate the oversight uh, avalanche that Republicans like Jim Jordan and James Comer are going to try to lead. Um, you know, I, I think that Republicans are overreaching. I think that they're turning off a lot of voters, but I also think it matters how you push back. I was very encouraged at seeing that it looks like Congressman Jamie Raskin is going to be the ranking Democrat on the House Oversight Committee. Raskin is an incredibly effective communicator. He has been on the front lines of the fight to preserve democracy, uh, serving on the January 6th committee, serving as an impeachment manager. That's the type of leadership we need uh, going forward. Um so I think it'll be interesting to see how Democrats really respond to this moment. I can tell you, as someone who was on the other side of this back in the 2000s, 2010s, uh, Democrats sucked at this in, in 2010, mm-hmm. 11, 12. Yep. Um, yep. 
you know, we, we beat the shit out of y'all. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm hoping that those lessons have been learned. I'm hoping that I certainly can be a resource to my fellow Democrats and, and, you know, understanding the playbook that Republicans will use against you and how to beat that playbook. Um, but, uh, it's, it, you know, it, this, this is going to be a year. And I think this is kind of the new norm. It's going to be up and down. There'll be moments where we're pulling our hair out. Yeah. The moments where we think all hope is lost, where Danielle's hitting the eject button. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then there's going to be Kurt there saying, wait, 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 just hold on. Just hold on. Stay <laughs> with us. It's not, it's not over yet. Um, uh, you know, it's going it, to, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> well, you know, in, uh, one of the many voices of reason, uh, over the last year. And, you know, I, I, and I'm, I'm telling you 2022 was the year of Kurt. You should get, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta get, make that into a t-shirt. Somebody should be giving you that for the holidays. But, um, thank you, my friend for, for being a voice of reason, for being the voice of justice, of democracy this entire year, um, from your writing to the TV appearances and, and everything in between. Um, I think that honestly your voice made a difference. Um, so if nobody else has said that uh, to you this year, then let me say that to you as we, as we close out. And I hope I hope uh, that you will join us in 2023 as we continue to drive this ship. Well, it's not going to be boring, my friend. I am, uh, you know, I am, I am so fortunate. I've had a lot of folks, uh, and you, chief among them, who welcomed me into the Democratic Party, who have. Uh, seen my past not as something to attack but as something to learn from as something that can be helpful to uh to our collective causes and i certainly hope to be a part of that going forward well happy holidays my friend get some rest because 2023 is another buckle up year (laughs) i'll know you too take care and merry christmas happy happy new year thank you That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.